Marjorie R. Williams always comes home from France with some great souvenirs. She's written a handy guide called Markets of Paris. In that book, she introduces us to the dozens of specialty markets and vendors you can meet on the streets of Paris. Now, she has a new book, sharing her recommendations for her personal favorites among the celebrated markets and producers in the gastronomic heartland of Provence. Her latest guide is called Markets of Provence. Marjorie, bonjour. Thank you, Rick, for having me here today. So you wrote a book about the markets of Provence. Uh, First of all, why is Provence so adored by travelers? What is it about Provence that is just so quintessentially French, all the good stuff that people love about France? Well, first of all, it is how absolutely breathtaking the scenery is in Provence. The uh, gorgeous blue skies, the lush green valleys, the uh, towering limestone cliffs, the red ochre cliffs around Roussillon. You can go from one part of Provence to another, and the landscape changes radically, but it's always beautiful. And I think that's why it's captivated so many Mm. artists and Mm -hmm. filmmakers and writers over the years. But then once you're there, there's so many other reasons to enjoy being in Provence. And for me, of course, one of my favorite reasons to go there is for the food, for the local produce that is uh, really exceptional, and for the wines, too. Mm-hmm. Now, when we think from a, just a practical point of view, so many of us will be in Paris, and it seems like a long ways away to go down to Provence. But remember, Provence is the quintessential south of France. And uh, nowadays, you can get on a TGV train in Paris, and two and a half hours later, you're in Avignon. And from Avignon, you can rent a car, and within an hour, you're out there in the villages enjoying these markets. Yes, it's much easier than what a lot of people think. If you're in Paris and you can just hop on the TGV, and it'll take you straight down to Avignon or to Aix. And and just as you said, I think renting a car is a good suggestion to be able to get into the little villages and towns. And it's only a couple of hours from Paris, but it's a different world entirely. And uh, not only is the scenery radically different, but the people are different. It's It's a different culture. I find that the people in Provence, and this is not to be disparaging at all about the Parisians, but it's just that the people in Provence tend to be a little uh, a little easier to get to know. They're mm-hmm. not very guarded. They're quick with a smile and with a laugh. And there's a lot of warmth. The, the markets, you can see people kissing each other, the cheeks going left, right, left. And uh, it's a very physical culture and a very there's a great deal of warmth. And that's part of the fun of being there. Marjorie, in your book, you've, you've uh, listed, what, 30 or so markets in this uh, small part of France... A lot of people would be inclined to think if you've seen one market, you've seen them all, especially if you've seen one market in in one region, you've seen them all. Uh, What would you say to that notion? I would say challenge yourself to visit different markets because they are wildly different. Each market takes on the character of its particular town, and each town, of course, has a very different history, and, and you don't have to go very far. I'm thinking, for example, of there's this little village of Coucheron, in the Lubron, which is just beautiful. The market takes place around a reflecting pool and surrounded by these gracious, very mature plane trees and Mm -hmm. the dappled shade and the reflections of the trees in the water just couldn't be more beautiful. And then, you know, it's not far at all to go from there to, say, the town of Apt, which is a larger town, and it's not as beautiful in terms of just sort of the natural charm, but there are specialties in Apt that make it a very, very worthwhile destination. There's 
crystallized fruits that are made there. It's a specialty mm. of Apt called fruits confits, and you will only find them in Apt. And some of the best, the farmland around there is just terrific. And so the selection, even though it's not far away from the other little village, right. it's going to be very different. And that town, by the way, is spelled A-P-T. But, you know, you would risk not knowing of those fine differences if you didn't do a little reading in advance and, and be tuned in to what to look for. Mm-hmm. And that's one reason to do your studying in advance and take advantage of a, of a guidebook that might point you in the right mm-hmm. direction. Now, you mentioned in your book, Marjorie, that the markets are open all year long. But I think fall must be just the cornucopia of edible delights when you're traveling through Provence. Let's talk about harvest time in the markets of Provence. What are you likely to see during harvest time in the fall? Fall is one of my very favorite times to be in Provence. It's less crowded. The temperatures are still warm but mild. The weather's really pleasant. And you'll see, in terms of the scenery, the fall colors. The leaves change to the yellows and oranges and deep reds. And at the market stands, well, let's, a lot of grapes are being harvested for the wines in the fall. That's always a highlight in the fall. But then you'll, you'll also see figs and apples and pears and an incredible array of mushrooms mm. and squashes. And then in terms of the meats, hunting season begins in the fall. So the butchers are stocked with different sorts of mm. items. You might see pheasant and quail, maybe some wild boar or hare and venison that are usually paired with mushrooms of the season and stewed in some local wines. So the offerings change season by season, and fall certainly has its own character. You know, I love this notion that in France, France is so clued into smart eating and enjoying food that if you go to a good restaurant and and you're knowledgeable, just by looking at the menu, you can know what region you're in and what season it is. And to think of game and, and mushrooms in the fall. That's just a perfect example of, mm. of a dimension you would, you would see in that time of year, but, but not in another time of year. That's exactly right. And there's something about eating those foods which are so local and eating them in place. Mm. You know, seeing the countryside where these foods came from, being able to buy them directly, buying the goat cheeses directly from the goat farmer who was just milking the goats earlier that morning before coming to the market. Uh, So it's not only the foods themselves, but it's the big picture of being able to enjoy them right there, so close to the fields and where they were grown. By the way, when you're going through these markets, is there a culture of sampling? Are the merchants happy to let you try things? Yes. um, It's fine to ask for a sample. A lot of travelers don't know that it's okay to do so, but especially with the smaller items. So, for example, olives, which Mm -hmm. are a specialty of Provence, It's fine. I I even recommend asking for a sample because there can be differences in the the quality and the freshness of the olives. And certainly some of the cheeses you Mm -hmm. you can taste. So it's fine to ask for that. And um, it's also, unlike some other parts of France, most notably in Paris, it's actually okay to touch the produce Mm -hmm. in Provence. However, one of the things that I've learned is that I'm very happy to let the vendor do that because the vendors are so much more knowledgeable than I am. Mm -hmm. So if I say that I want a melon that I would like to eat tomorrow morning versus Mm -hmm. tomorrow night, for example, Mm -hmm. a vendor will pick out just the the melon that will be ripe just at the time that I'm ready to eat it. These merchants, these farmers, they're just so enthusiastic about what they've grown and how they're bringing Mm -hmm. it to the public. I feel a a joy Mm -hmm. and to, to have a, an opportunity to let them give you a little sample and, and ask a few questions, especially if you're not in an extremely touristy 
market. I just think that is a, a big dimension of enjoying these markets. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking with Marjorie R. Williams. Her book is Markets of Provence. Our phone number is 877-333-7425. And Teresa is calling in from Petaluma in California. Teresa, thanks for your call. Hi, Rick. Hi, Marjorie. How are you? Doing good. Have you been to the markets in, in Provence? My favorite one is Vaison la Romaine. <laughs> mm. Oh, that is so much fun. We were there Excellent. in mid-July several years ago, and it's Tuesday, I believe. Still is Tuesday. That's but, right. oh, so much fun. Provence is such a beautiful area, Marjorie, as you've been so aptly describing. But um, Vaison is a special little town to me because it's got the medieval town up on the hill, mm. and it's also got the Roman ruins, which have been excavated. Mm. So there's lots to see and do. But the market was just incredible. We've seen a lot of markets over the years in different towns. But that one struck me strictly because of the lavender. That is Lavender Central down there. And it, it was mid-July, so it was still in the fields, but it was um, uh, beginning to be harvested. My goodness, we saw it in, in, in flowers, live flowers. We saw it dried in bundles. We saw seeds. We saw it in soaps. We saw it in all kinds of foods. Mm. And, and it just smelled so marvelous. That was the first thing that struck me, I think. Now, Teresa, you were there in the middle of the summer, is that right? Correct, mid-July. So, so Marjorie, uh, a lot of people just have this, these images of lavender. Is that a, mm-hmm. a seasonal thing? When would you want to be there to enjoy fields of lavender and lavender in the markets? Well, Teresa, you, you hit it right by being there in, in July. It's, it changes a little bit by elevation, but I'd say the prime time to be there for lavender is in July. In mid-August, there's always a lavender festival in the little town of So, which is at a higher elevation, and that's hmm. where the very pure, fine lavender is grown. Now, that town is S-A-U-L-T, and that's yes. in the north of the areas that you're covering. And Vaison-la-Romaine, where, which Teresa's talking about, is the farthest north of the markets that Marjorie covers in her book. But really, that's within an easy easy drive of Avignon or, or Arles. Yes, it is. And, and I highly recommend it. I, it's also one of my favorite markets. It's a wonderful market. And... Since we're talking about fall, though, I want to mention with Vaison, there's a soup festival that takes place in Vaison mm-hmm. in October. There are festivals galore in Provence every month and many different ones going on simultaneously, but Vaison mm. has established itself with hosting a soup festival in October. That sounds like a lot of fun. And uh, Teresa mentioned Vaison's market is Tuesday, right? And we should remind yeah. our, our listeners that you need to plan because uh, most of these markets are one day a week and the merchants uh, circulate from one town to the next uh, over mm-hmm. the course of the week. So you've got to do a little planning that way. Well, um, I will have to go back in October for the soup festival. Yeah. That sounds like just too much fun. Of course, it's wine all the time also there. Mm-hmm. So uh, harvest in, for the wine would be an awful lot of fun to watch oh, yeah. as well. Hey, in fact, you could uh, tie in a little bit of uh, visiting the, the vineyards with your market going. Teresa, thanks for your call. All right. Thank you so much. Take Bye-bye. Care. Bye-bye. Eric's calling in from Hoboken in New Jersey. Eric, thanks for your call. Oh, hi, Rick. Hi, Margie. Uh, thanks for taking my call. You bet. I just thought I'd uh, make a comment or two on the uh, markets in Christmas time. We go to Paris quite a bit through the different seasons, but in the wintertime, it's especially fun throughout France, but particularly in Paris, walking down the Champs-Élysées or some of the smaller market areas just to see the specialties that they have at that time of year. And one of the requests that we often get from our 
friends is to bring back Christmas ornaments. And uh, we struggle a bit to find Parisian Christmas ornaments, but <laughs> we, we find them. And uh, there's uh, the roasted chestnuts and the hot wine and all these things that you'll only see in the winter. So I'd like to encourage your followers to, to check out Paris in those times as well. That's a great idea. And, and Marjorie, uh, you know, uh, Eric's talking about Christmas markets. Are, are the Santon, the, those little figurines from Provence, are they seasonal? Is that dealing with Christmas or what? What is that? Yes, and and I'm so glad that the caller mentioned these these markets because they're very special in Provence as well. And Santons are one. Of, it's a unique craft item to Provence. They're little clay figures. Years ago, they were made out of wood or sometimes wax, but now it's clay. They're meticulously hand-painted. And the tradition of this is that they started up after the Revolution in 1789 when people weren't allowed to have public displays of the nativity scenes. And so a, a, a craftsman from Marseille started creating these little figurines representing the baby Jesus, the shepherds, the three kings. And people started to create these little, the creches within their own home. And that tradition has continued and expanded, and now you can find Santons representing all the different tradespeople of Provence, so the fishermen and the baker and the bulls oh. players. They're a great little memento of a trip there, and I would propose that as a Christmas tree ornament for your friends. That's a great <laughs> idea. And now, as you're traveling, I believe there's a Santon uh, little museum in, in Le Beau, and uh, you'll find them in, in other museums around Provence as well. There are also some Santon workshops and craftsmen, some experts in Aix-en-Provence and other towns in Provence. We did see a particularly large display in the cathedral in Marseille, and uh, it, mm-hmm. it was probably thousands of figurines and uh, really, mm-hmm. really pretty to see. I love the idea that it goes back to the revolutionary times when people weren't allowed to... What was the deal? Cities couldn't have a manger scene, so people just did their little mini figurines uh, on their own. That's right. Brought them inside the house. And I, I've heard some very heartwarming stories of families who, this is a big part of the Christmas tradition in Provence, of creating these scenes with the Santons, mm-hmm. and very often they will move the figures around to show the progression each day mm. as you know, getting closer to Christmas, and usually baby Jesus doesn't actually appear until Christmas Eve in these scenes. They're very dynamic with them, and families usually add a Santon or two to their collection each year, and it's it's a great excitement for children and for adults. Yeah, it sounds great. Eric, thanks for your call. Thanks, Rick. Thanks, Marjorie. Happy travels. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We've been talking with Marjorie R. Williams. Her book is The Markets of Provence. Marjorie, we've got to finish our conversation about markets in Provence, especially in harvest time, with truffles. You mentioned mushrooms. They're more exotic and expensive in the dark cousin is truffles. Can you find truffles? Where do you look? And uh, what are you going to find in Provence? Oh, if you're lucky enough to be in Provence in the wintertime, definitely try the black truffles. The black truffles are the most aromatic and flavorful. They're so coveted there that they're actually referred to as the black diamonds. And the season for black truffles runs from the middle of November until the middle of March. I've heard chefs in Provence say that they're the very best, the most flavorful ones start to become available in January. So a little bit later in the season is when they're considered to be the best. One of my very favorite experiences was going to the little town of Riche-Ranche, and it's sort of the unofficial capital of the black truffle markets in Provence. And on Saturday mornings in the season, they have two different markets. They're both truffle markets, but one's aimed at the professional group of chefs and other food professionals. And 
It's a fascinating market. It's very surreptitious. The truffles tend to be in burlap bags in the backs of the cars, and they'll only show them to customers if they really recognize or trust the customers. Large sums of money are, are changing hands. There's just a lot of mystery and secrecy and excitement about it. But one of my favorite experiences was going to the village then hosted a truffle omelet luncheon after market. It was fabulous. It was communal tables with people coming together and eating omelets that had been made from eggs that had been in jars with truffles to absorb the smell of the truffles. And then some local musicians started playing. There was an oompa band going on. So there was music and dancing and fabulous food. And that goes on many Saturdays in this little, little village celebrating their good fortune of the access to many black truffles. Wow, some towns are lucky to be uh, right there surrounded by beautiful grapes that make the best wine. And what is this town that is so blessed with its truffles? It's called Richerange, and and I'll spell that. It's R-I-C-H-E-R-E-N-C-H-E-S. But (laughs) but there are also truffle markets in the town of Carpentras and in the smaller town of Valreas. So you don't have to go quite as far as Richerange to get them. Mm -hmm. But Richerange... That's where, at the beginning of the season, there's actually a truffle harvest proclamation when uh, the Brotherhood of the Black Diamond, the fraternity, parades in the street and celebrates the start of the truffle season. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of, a lot of ceremonial uh, occasions that, that accompany truffle season, and that's just one of them. So many dimensions of appreciating French culture uh, regionally and seasonally and edibly. Marjorie R. Williams, thank you so much for sharing uh, your expertise and your passion for the markets of Provence. Thank you so much, Rick. Each year, Rick Steves Tour Guides take thousands of free-spirited travelers on escorted tours through Europe, one small group at a time. This year, you can choose from more than 40 different vacations in Europe's best destinations, from Ireland to Greece, and practically everywhere in between. Begin your next trip at ricksteves.com.